I remember hearing a talk back in the mid-1990s by Dr. Peter Kreft, who at the time was a professor of philosophy at Boston College. And in this talk, he outlined what he called Satan's seven-step sexual strategy. This was his explanation of how the devil was currently working in the world to destroy families and ultimately the whole human race. At the time, I thought that Dr. Kreft was right on target in his analysis. And 20 years later, I still think his insights are valid. So here's the strategy. Step number one. This is the devil's ultimate goal, winning souls for hell. Step number two. In order for Satan to win many souls for hell, society must be corrupted. Step three, to effectively destroy society, family life must be undermined, because strong families are necessary in order to have strong societies. Step number four, in order to destroy the family, you must destroy its foundation, which is stable marriage. Step number five, marriage is destroyed by loosening its glue, which is sexual fidelity. Step number six, fidelity is destroyed by promoting and defending the sexual revolution. And step seven, the sexual revolution is promoted and defended by the media, through which the seeds of destruction are sown into the minds of millions of people every single day. Now, I wish I could stand here and tell you this afternoon that Satan's strategy has failed miserably in the two decades since Dr. Kreft gave this talk. But I can't do that because it's not true. It would be a lie. Tragically, the devil has been incredibly successful. For example, I don't think Dr. Kreft could even have imagined in the mid-1990s that for a large segment of our society in 2018, words like marriage and gender and family no longer mean what they've meant for thousands of years. Confusion is a very effective tool of the devil. Dr. Kreft makes that clear in his seven steps. Right now, confusion reigns in our culture. What, for example, do you call a transgendered person? Which name do you use? What do you put on an application form in the space where you're asked to give your sex? M, F, N, or something else? If you're conceived through IVF, who are your parents? Is, the, is it the sperm donor, if there is one? Is it the surrogate? Is it the man and woman you happen to live with? Is it the scientist who fertilized the egg in the Petri dish? Is it some of these people? Is it all of these people? One way or another, are they all your parents? We are so messed up. We are so confused in our culture. That confusion, make no mistake about it, is not from God. Now, thankfully, those of us who are Catholic 
don't have to live in this confusion. If we center our lives on God and his revealed truth, which is one of the primary lessons I think we learn from the Holy Family. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph lived. They lived lives, to quote today's second reading, of heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. They weren't confused about right and wrong the way people today are. That's because they all had God and his truth at the very center of their lives. Their common ambition was to do the Lord's will, to serve the Lord faithfully in their lives. Did they have problems? Of course, like every family does. They had to face tense situations like every family does. We heard about one of those situations in today's Gospel reading from Luke chapter 2. But the fact that God and his truth were at the center of things made a huge difference in how they dealt with their problems and how they faced these challenging, difficult decisions and situations. Notice, for example, what happened when Mary and Joseph finally found Jesus after searching for him for three days. Mary said to our Lord, Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. Jesus responded, Why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? About my father's affairs? Do you notice something missing from that exchange? I noticed something missing. Anger. There's no anger in Mary's question. There's no anger in Jesus' response. And also take note of the fact that after Jesus said that he had to be in his father's house, the conversation ended. There's no record of anything else being said. I think there's a reason for that. Even though Mary and Joseph didn't fully understand our Lord's response, it was enough for them to know that he was serving the Heavenly Father in what he had done. He did what he did to serve his Father. And that was a sufficient explanation for Mary and Joseph. And it was sufficient because they had the very same desire in their own hearts. Their lives were also centered on doing God's will. And so a scene which could have been very ugly wasn't. The harmony of the Holy Family was not disrupted or destroyed, although it very easily could have been. And this is where we see the application to our own families. The three members of the Holy Family shared a common commitment to God, and that's why they had peace. That's why they had harmony in their relationships, even in difficult and stressful situations. They had a common center to their lives, and everything else revolved around that common focal point. In today's families, unfortunately, God is not always the common focal point. Dad's life might be centered on work, maybe mom's too. One child's life might be centered on sports, another on music, another on something else. That is not the formula for peace in a household and for avoiding the mental and moral confusion that's rampant now in our culture. Rather, that's the formula for alienation and more confusion. So today we need to ask ourselves a question. Each of us needs to ask ourselves, what or who is really at the center of my life? Really, honestly, 
answering that question is important. Who or what is at the very center of my life? If we discover that what's at the center is not God and God's truth, then we need to make a change. For ourselves, certainly, but also for the sake of our families.